Amen. Well, it's uh, it's great to be here. I've got a word that uh, really uh, has been on my heart for a while, and I think it'll be a blessing to you. And I want to start with 1 John 5, 4. And none of these scriptures are, are um, scriptures that you haven't heard or read many times, but in times like these, it's they just have new meaning. They have new, uh, they come to, to light in a different way. But 1 John 5, 4 says, whoever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And this scripture is talking about the people of God, the children of God. And the bottom line is we were born to overcome. We were born for adversity. And I know, you know, that sounds great in a, in a controlled atmosphere in the walls of a church. But when things really do happen in the world, when storms come or adversity challenges us, uh, we, should, we shouldn't run or we shouldn't cower down or be paralyzed uh, like many people are today because we are children of God. We were born, whoever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory, even our faith. We would not be called overcomers if there was never anything to overcome. And so uh, the, the fact that we have challenges, that things arise and come against us is not, should not be a surprise, although it is. We've had it really good in our country and most of the world uh, in, in, for a long time, uh, but things may be changing. There may be challenges that we haven't faced before in these days, but we are children of God. We're overcomers. This is what we do. Let me read it again. Whoever's born of God, that's you and me, whoever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. So victory's ours, uh, but we, we it's not automatic. It's ours, but we possess it. We walk it out by faith. And there's a perfect story for this in the Bible in Luke chapter 8. If you would look at Luke chapter 8, verse uh, 22, Luke 8, 22, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And then he said to them, Where is your faith? We can learn so much by this little story. I have really gotten a lot out of it over the years, but it keeps coming, becoming relevant you know, time after time. First of all, they were, th this, this storm represents whatever would come against you. And so the disciples and Jesus were in a meeting and they were ready to leave and go somewhere else to another part of the country. They got into this boat. Now, when you get in a boat, which if you could put yourself in the disciples' shoes, they are with Jesus. They know he's the son of God. They believe he's the Messiah. They believe that he is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. And they're with him. If you're going to get in a boat with Jesus, you would think 
that this would be the chance of a lifetime, that this would be a wonderful sail, a wonderful cruise that you could tell your grandchildren about. I was on a cruise with Jesus. You would think that angels would be singing, that the sky would be blue, that the waters would be calm, but that is not what happened. And it caught them totally off guard. They were surprised, they were shocked, and really they were unprepared. Did you know that storms come to everyone? That Jesus never said that we wouldn't have storms. He said we're overcomers and he's given us the victory and he's our Lord and Savior, but storms are part of life. You know, they were working with God and for God and it's, you know, God could have helped them avoid that storm. They could have waited until the storm passed. They could have gone early and missed it. Or God could have just picked the storm up and moved it out of the way. But he didn't do any of that. Now, I don't believe God sends these storms, but they still come. And, and we go through them. The last thing on those disciples' mind that day was that we're going to have a storm. They, they just didn't see it coming. And, you know, most Christians that I know didn't see this pandemic coming. We just didn't see it coming. But that doesn't change the word of God. It doesn't change the Bible. It doesn't change our vision. It doesn't change the promises that God has made to us as ministries, as churches, as people. God's word does not change. So they sailed into the storm. Now, you know, I was thinking of this today as well. Jesus said in Matthew 7, the wise man builds his house on the rock. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. Did you know that you can't tell where which house is built on until the storm comes? The storm came and it wiped out the foolish man's house because it wasn't built on the rock. The rock is God's word. It's times like this that we can inspect our foundation. And some folks need to do some foundation repair. They need to go in and fill some cracks and reinforce because, you know, we've had it easy. And they've been coasting along. But we can build our life. It's not too late to build our lives on the word of God so that we are solidly planted on God's word. That just simply means when storms arise and when things go wrong, we revert to the word, not to fear and not to panic and hysteria. But we revert to the word because we're built on the word. When the storms of life come and notice the wise man and the foolish man, the storm came to both of them. Now, it wasn't sent by God, but in this world, there are challenges. There are storms. Now, let's go back to Jesus and, and the, the disciples. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus said to them as they got in the boat, let's go over to the other side, and they launched out. So the will of God, the word of God for them was go to the other side. It was not go into the, you know, go halfway and sink. It wasn't go out and drown. It was go to the other side. That was God's word. That was God's will. Jesus got into the boat and went to sleep. So when the storm arose, uh, it was in the Bible clearly says in verse 23, they were in jeopardy. Now, these guys were fishermen. They had grown up on the water, some of them. And they knew when they were, it wasn't just rocking the boat. They knew that they were in serious trouble or they wouldn't have panicked like they did. And so what what happens next is really not surprising, but it was surprising to Jesus, evidently. The disciples said, 
who knew God, who knew Jesus was the son of God. They knew the word. They'd seen the miracles. They walked with Jesus. They woke Jesus up in panic, and they said with their mouth, notice, Master, Master, we are perishing, or we're all going to die. Now, that is a natural human response to a, a serious challenge, but that did not please the Lord, did it? That is not what Jesus wanted from them. Jesus wanted more from them than throw in the towel, give up lay down, yield, give in. He wanted them to rise up and, and use some faith because here's what he said. Now, Jesus did arise. He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was calm. But then he said to them, where is your faith? I just love that word. And I'd like to say that today to Christians all over the world. Where is your faith? faith, not in a condemning way, but in an inquiring way. We should not face the challenges in this world as, as if we don't have a God. And that's one of the mistakes that's being made all over the place right now. And, and, and there are people that are, that are doing, you know, projections and statistics and, and they're forecasting and they're looking at what could be, what might be, what should be. The problem I have with all of this is these are mostly people that aren't believers and they're using all of their math without including God in the equation. In fact, if you wanted to do a math equation on this journey across the lake, if you leave Jesus out of the, the equation, it's the storm versus the boat versus the, I mean, the storm plus the boat plus the water equals death. That was the prediction. That was the natural conclusion. If you'd have had experts examining this situation in the midst of it, they would have said there is a 95% chance that these disciples are going to die. They would have done all the calculations, done all the numbers, and come up with these dire predictions. The problem is they don't factor God into the equation. You have to factor God in, and the way we do that as believers is by his word. In other words, you need to let God into your situation and include God in your equation. <laughs> when you factor in the water and the wind and the storm and the boat plus Jesus, you have, we're going to the other side. And all Jesus was saying when he rebuked the wind and the wave was, guys, where is your faith? You know me. I've taught you. I have, I've shown you miracles. I've multiplied the bread and the fishes. You have seen more than most people ever have seen in their lifetime already. And one storm, and now you're ready to forget everything I've taught you. You've thrown in your vision. You've thrown away your destiny. You've thrown away your faith, and you've panicked. And, and you, I mean, they said, we're going to die. And he was not happy with that response. He, he felt like, surely you can do better than that. Now, what Jesus did when he awoke, he stood on the bow of the ship and he spoke to the storm. He actually resisted that storm. He, he came against that which came against them. And when he turned to the disciples and said, where's your faith? It, that's really not, I mean, you would think that he would have turned and said, there you go, guys. Uh, I'm going to go back to sleep now. Problem solved. God came through again, but that's not what he said. He, you would have thought he would have said something like, you know, I told you I was the Messiah. 
did you see what I just did? Isn't that awesome? But he didn't. He looked at them and said, where's your faith? In other words, why didn't you do this? Now, you know, I don't know if everybody, every one of us is ready to stand on the bow of the ship and challenge the storm. You know, we have to start where we are. But at least they didn't have to give up completely. I mean, they, if you if you say G, what Jesus did was 100% faith, challenge the storm, speak to it, and it's over. And what the disciples did was zero. They brought nothing to the table. And they could have at least stayed neutral and not said anything. Uh, but nope, they, they, they weighed in. And that's important to know. When all these predictions come out and people say one thing and another and it looks bad and the headlines are, you know, they're just plastered everywhere and it's, it's bad and getting worse and it's going to be this or that. Don't weigh in with, with, with the negative, weigh in with the positive. Our job as the church is to believe we overcome by faith and faith has to be expressed. Let me ask you this. How did Jesus know? He said, where's your faith? How did he know they didn't have faith? They did, did he have a faithometer? Was there some way that he could measure in them, you know, by, by x-ray vision that they didn't have faith? No, it was as simple as listening to what came out of their mouth. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is released and manifested by what we say. You know, it says in Revelation 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. You can't sit in the boat in the midst of the storm and complain and whine and panic and give up. We need to stand there and say what we know. You may not be bold enough to stand out and speak to the storm, but at least you can say, we're going to make it. We are. I don't know how, but I believe God's going to come through for me. I believe that I am going to overcome. I believe I'm going over. I am not a, a disaster waiting to happen. I am going somewhere for victory. I'm an overcomer. You, you can begin to say what you believe. Say what you know from the scriptures. Boy, this is a great time for the Bible to become real to you again. Go back and dig up those overcoming scriptures, those in Christ scriptures, those victory scriptures, they will speak to you like nothing else. In fact, uh, they'll put into you what the, the headlines are taken out of you. We can be a church that is more prepared and more able to face challenges after this is over. We can come out and that's, that's one of the things that happens when you go through something with God. You come out of it better than you went in. Now, if you go through something on your own, you come out battered and bruised and beat down. But when you go through a challenge with God and you stand on the word of God and you begin to speak the word of God, you come through it a champion, a victor. You have developed something. Something's growing in you. Boy, these are great times for that. Don't let the, 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 the thoughts and the words of the world consume you, but get in the word of God. Speak God's word over your life and over your family. We're going to make it. We are going to survive. We're going to overcome. We are not going under. We're going over in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do I have a little bit more time there, Ben? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep going. This is amazing. All right, let me tell you this. This is very important because I believe that it helps us to understand situations like this. When Jesus told the disciples, where is your faith? Where's your faith? 
Well, they could have defended themselves like many Christians today do. Here's the way they do it. Well, Lord, we left everything we had. We've given up all. We've followed you just like you said. In fact, you said get in a boat. And we did. We obeyed you. We used faith to get in the boat. We, we did exactly what you told us to do. We've exercised all kinds of faith to serve you and to surrender to you totally. And that's good. And that's right. And that's true. But I want to show you in this story, there are two kinds of faith or there's two ways to exercise faith. And one way is the faith to submit. And they had that down. A lot of Christians have that down. You've accepted Jesus as Lord. You've surrendered your life to him. You love him with all your heart. You love church. You love the word. You love the things of God. And you submitted to God completely. But don't think that just because you've done that, that you've got smooth sailing ahead. In fact, the faith to submit only gets you started. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to hear this, but there's more to come. There must be a faith to submit or you can't even begin to serve and walk with God. And that's so important. And some people, a lot of people are good at submitting. They submit to the Lord. They submit to the word. They submit to the pastor. They submit to the government. They're very good at submitting that faith to submit. But in this instance, there was another kind of faith that was needed that was sorely lacking. And I call it the faith to resist. So there's submitting, but there's also a faith to resist. And if I could say it this way, it takes faith to submit to get in the boat, but it takes faith to resist to get to the other side. And I don't know about you, but I want to get to the other side. I want to make it. I want to uh, finish my course. And we have a right to do that. But there will be times when you're going to have to stand up and resist. Jesus said, where's your faith? What he meant was, guys, you can't just, just submit to me and think I'm going to do everything else for you. There's, there's more that you need to do. You need to take things, uh, take the bull by the horns. You should have done something positive on the faith scale rather than just throwing up your hands and saying it's all over. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They had walked with Jesus for however many months or years. And they, they were totally committed to him. They were full of zeal and promise. They just knew that the future was bright because they knew the son of God. And one storm, they threw it all away. One storm, they acted like, oh, wow, it's all over. They were planning their funerals. They were, they were planning for the, the, their, their life, their ministry, their mission, their vision to die. Can you imagine that? in one storm. And that's why Jesus was so disappointed. They shouldn't have thrown it all away just in one storm. And I, I'll tell you, I believe there are Christians today that are facing the situation we're in and, and they're, they're throwing it all away over one storm. Hold on to the faith you have. You know, we may not be able to change the government or change the world or make things different beyond us, but we can determine how we react. And, and it's, it gives glory to God when we confess the word, stand on the word, speak the word, give God something to work with. Let me show you another scripture that talks about this faith to resist. It's, it's James 4, 7, and, and, and probably everybody knows this scripture. It says, submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. 
And you know, some people, they aren't submitted to God, but they're real good at resisting. And they'll resist the devil, but there's areas of their life that they're just totally unsubmitted. So it's not really going to work for them. There are other people, as I said before, that are that are very, very good at submitting. And they're good at obeying and they're good at doing what they're supposed to do. But when it comes time to resist and to fight, they're very weak in that area. So whatever the case, we need to develop both sides of the equation. I call it two muscles. There's a muscle that that lifts your arm and another muscle that puts it down. So you could say there's faith to 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 submit and there's faith to resist. And it's two different exercises. Same kind of faith but two different exercises. And boy, a time like this helps us all to, uh, to put these things into practice and realize, you know, it'll change your quality of life. It'll help you sleep better at night. It'll help you uh, be a better person to be around. If you can just put some of the word of God that's been planted in your heart that you actually know, put it into practice by speaking it, by saying it, by believing it. Man, I tell you, uh, this may not be the last pandemic that we're ever going to see. It may not be the last time. As I said before, God never promised us that we wouldn't see challenges and we wouldn't face challenges. Like, like I've always said, you know, we wouldn't need mountain moving faith. Like it talks about in Mark eleven twenty three. you wouldn't need mountain moving faith. If there was never going to be a mountain to face, you wouldn't need giant killing faith. If you were never going to face a giant. So, uh, this is a perfect opportunity for us to practice the word of God, develop those muscles. Don't let any of this get you down. Say, well, why not? Because you know what? Your life, as far as God is concerned, is the same now as it was six months ago. Nothing as far as heaven is concerned has changed. So when the storms arise, the disciples should have reverted back to what they had heard Jesus say. Let us go over to the other side or what he told them about their future, about what he was going to do. No, they should have reverted back to those promises, but they didn't. But you can. I can. This is our time to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be part of the answer and not part of the problem. I just I want to say this again because this comes to me over and over. It's just not right when Christians act like they don't have a God. God did so much more for us than simply save us and give us entrance into heaven. Our lives should be different because of what Jesus did for us. And and we ought to be living examples that when you serve Jesus, your life is different. As I said before, the two houses, the wise man and the foolish man, you couldn't really tell which one was built on the rock and which one was built on the sand. They both looked secure. They both looked fine until the storm came. And when the storm comes, then all of the weaknesses become apparent. It's time to strengthen ourselves. And one of the ways you can do that is get in the word. I'm, I appreciate you being part of this seminar. It's a bit very unusual. I've never done one like this before, but uh, it's, it's kind of nice after traveling for 30 years to different churches all over the world. I'm going to churches now and I don't even leave town. It's just, it's incredible. So uh, it is, it is, it's been a great experience. I, I've enjoyed the experience because I learn every time uh, I had this thing hooked up and then I couldn't find the link and then I couldn't find the sound. And then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that middle generation. And so we're working through the technical difficulties. But let me just leave you with this. 
I have a lot of materials. In fact, I was looking at it. I've got over a hundred recordings that are absolutely free on my website. They are professionally produced. You can get audio or video and you could spend some time feeding on the word. You know, get out of Netflix and get in the word. <laughs> That's a great word for us today. But they're professionally produced and they're on my website. If you go to gregfritz.org and click on the free download button, you can get subjects such as, and we created these a few months ago. They're very new, but the pandemic was not in force. But listen, I got one called Victorious Living. I have another one called Living in the End Times Without Losing Your Mind. I got another one that's called the spirit of faith. These things will feed you and help you and they're free. You can go to my website. You could start streaming them right after this. Don't start now. There's more, more speakers to come, but you can start streaming them to your devices instantly. And they are designed to feed your faith and encourage you, uh, especially in times like this.